Welcome to the REL Talk Show, where we get up close with some of the greatest business minds in APAC as they answer 10 questions about marketing, business, leadership, and management. Discover how current trends combine with timeless marketing principles for undisputed business success and become a marketing leader to go beyond your farthest ambitions. So get ready for some real talk with leaders in 10 questions with your host, Vineet Rajan. I am Vineet, and today we have Sonali Shah, who is a very passionate marketer, but by accident. At the core, she is a brand strategist with a deep understanding of consumers in the mothers and kids space. Her experience stretches over two decades with stints on both sides, agency and client. Starting her career at Money Control, she moved to strategy planning at Contract India for about four years and then entered the category of toys with Mattel and then Hamley. During her tenure at Mattel, she also won the Mattel CEO Award for three years in a row from 2006 to 2008. She joined Faber-Castell in 2017 as business head of art and graphic and in May 2020, she was elevated as the marketing director. Sonali loves her traveling and art. Hi, welcome to the show, Sonali. So good to have you. Very excited to be talking about a lot of things that you do, your company. In fact, where you work has been one of my childhood favorites. As a kid, I used to run around looking for Faber-Castell crayons. First of all, welcome. Thank you, Vineet. And very excited. So tell us, Sonali, uh, we know what you have done where you come from. Tell us about Sonali Shah as a marketeer. Sonali Shah as a marketeer was something that uh, she never thought <laughs> she's going to, you know, when you're starting off and you know, when it's, it's always going with the flow. You finish your graduation and then you do your post-graduation. And, and growing up, marketing was something that uh, intrigued me. I exactly didn't know what it meant or what it is. My family is full of people in finance, so I was uh, made to make myself more oriented towards that. And I think it was the re- uh, rebel in me that said, "No way! I'm not going to do finance. It's quite boring. I'm going to do marketing." So that's that's how it started. When I passed out uh, of my management studies and initial years, I was just dabbling. You know, even if people today, I really admire when they say that they know exactly what they want and where they want to be. I, I wasn't there till at least five years of my experience. And I started off with not uh, by design, but I started off with money control, which was, which was the first era of startups in 99 and I started with that not knowing what I was getting into but I was just going and doing things and trying to learn for me I always wanted to work like I I, I used to get very urbed by women who say oh my goal in life is to get married and I'm like excuse me how can that be a goal you know and for me it was always like I want to work I want to just be there and see how it is and so it was very exciting to me just working, going to office and meeting people and, and all that. But the real marketing, I would say, bug 
bit me when I joined Mattel. I wanted to do advertising when I was studying. I did that and I realized, oh my God, this is not something that I can do ever. And that was my first and only stint in advertising. And so a lot of things before I joined Mattel was what I didn't want to do. Or I realized that this is something that I don't want to do. And I think the product and the brand management part of marketing is something that I absolutely love. So when it comes to marketing, people think, oh, marketing means campaigns or means advertising or you know promotions but but that's like like that's the point five percent of something that you would do at the fag end of your entire project and i and the reason why i use the word project is that everything that you take up is a project and you 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 adopt it and adapt it in 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 that manner because it starts off as an idea and then you take it through execution. And I think that is something that I love. So when I joined Mattel and I I was the brand manager for Fisher-Price, fortunately, I had played with Fisher-Price when I was young and I knew what the brand was and what, what the product line was. But when I joined, the people were like, Fisher-Price? Like Kingfisher? And I used to get like really irked, you know? I was like, what the hell? Like people don't even know about this brand. But I think that, was the challenge and I loved it like okay I'm gonna build something from scratch like people don't know about this world-renowned brand when I joined it it was 80 years old already and I'm like people don't know about this in India and and that's the challenge that I took up and I must thank my boss at that time Nanit she really uh, took me under her wings I think she saw herself in me because I was struggling. I, I didn't come from a very core background of brand management. I, as I said, I was doing a lot of other things uh, before that, you know, more of a business uh, development role or more of a service marketing role, which when I joined Mattelis, I realized how different product marketing is versus service marketing. And Believe me, I would never go back to service. I would always, always, always stick to product. And going deep into what that brand is all about, why that brand is what it is, what are the kind of products that that brand actually comes up with that makes that brand what it is, that is something that really, really fascinated me. And till today, that is what drives me. So when I joined Faber Castell, I joined as something that I had never done before, which was new product development. New product development means not getting a product that's ready-made. It's making a product from scratch, complete R&D, working with your R&D team in a factory, making sure that product is exactly what you have sought out to achieve. I think that really, really, really drives me. And as a marketeer, I I mean, I've been told that you have to be dispassionate. You can't be, you know, it's it's at the end of the day, it's, it's a job. You have to take it as it comes. But I feel that as a marketeer, if you don't believe in what you're doing, uh, you won't be able to uh, build that uh, momentum. If you don't have that passion, you'll never be able to build that what you seek out to do. And that's exactly what drives me. I've always wanted to work for brands and companies that I personally resonate with. 
fortunately i've i have um, got that at least in in two stints in my career so mattel was 10 years faber i don't know how long it's going to be it's already three and a half years so let's see how that goes it will go very well uh, sonali trust me when i heard about your career right now i was wondering that how from money control to where you are right now and rightfully said in terms of moving from services to product what i'm a bit curious about and my follow up question would be could you tell us about specific opportunities that you got that you were able to capitalize on and when you look back were there any opportunities that you kind of missed out on it's a great question actually vinith because i believe i'm an opportunist i have never said no for anything that has come to me i've always 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 said yes there are times when it's not worked for me but most of the time it has worked for me i'll give you an example in mattel uh, i was a one woman show for almost 6 years of of working on fisher price and like so when i joined i joined as a brand manager and then i became a category manager i made fisher price uh, from a d growing brand a brand that was not performing i made it into the largest category for mattel india it was just me because mattel was small we had a lean team there was not much like when you ask for someone in a in a lean team where you are actually uh, trying to drive bottom line more than top line there are a lot of things that go into the integrities of of a company running and when they see that okay a one woman is managing to do what what she's doing i don't think she has the need to you know have a team and at that point i used to tell my boss i'm like come on just because i'm taking up more work doesn't mean i can do it but that really helped because they could spin the entire success on just me at that time i didn't realize but you know how top management works it's it's uh, unfortunately that's how it is and i got the opportunity to lead fisher price for the whole of asia and before me there was not a single person from the india team who had gone out and worked for another subsidiary of mattel outside india and for me that was an opportunity that was something that i really really wanted to do and i had always thought that if i get out of the country it would be on work i wanted to go to another country and live it up and and that's the opportunity i got and i went to hong kong i was leading the entire asia for fisher price and it it was just a complete high but it's a different story that i thought i would never be homesick but i was and then i just like i wanted to come back and you know, things like that but that's an opportunity which i got which i never said no to and i till date i think it was the best thing that happened to me a lot of other things that came my way in terms of projects which i never said no to and i did it and i delivered there were some things which like for example when i was joining faber castell i had the key role that i was joining was for building the art portfolio so faber castell people know that uh, it's it's mainly known for school stationery and office stationery but art is is a very integral part of faber castell and when i was when i got this opportunity they selected me because i was dabbling in arts myself i was trying to find a purpose and i got into this whole adult coloring thing and it was more about my 
personal passion which gave me an opportunity to work for the best company that produces art supplies and they wanted somebody who can build a art portfolio in a product line which isn't available globally so faber castell has art products which are in dry medium so you have color pencils you have watercolor pencils you have markers you have oil pastels you have soft pastels you have lot of other things which are in uh, what we call the dry medium but they didn't have anything in the liquid paints category which is acrylic paints watercolors oil colors faber castell was not present in those product lines just because of my personal passion towards art and because i'm a hobbyist in my life i got this opportunity to build a complete product portfolio which i had absolutely no idea about but because i love it and i i have this inclination towards arts and personal drive towards it i just took that opportunity i had absolutely no idea what a paint constitutes what is difference between an acrylic paint versus watercolors what is the quality difference between a student grade paint versus an artist grade paint all those things but i just took it up because that's who i am and it paid off i just love it and i don't think i would trade it for anything else listening to you sonali i can sense the passion when you talk about every aspect of what you've done the work you have done at fisher price or at faber castell there is so much passion and i think that is going to be one of the key takeaways for all our listeners and also me and talking of passion you have been in marketing products to children for quite some time now starting with fisher price and also now with faber castell what are the challenges you see when it comes to marketing to children and how do you overcome them and does passion play a role here as well so vinith when when i joined fisher price my uh, it's a very very uh, key insight my boss told me that till the age of three all children across the world any culture any country any religion anything okay they are the same because at the end of the day we are humans right homo sapiens so till the time a child is not exposed to the outer world the environment that they are being brought up in they behave the same and the products that you make for children across the world whether you are in india whether you are in peru whether you are in fiji islands it's it's the same and hence the entire product portfolio till the age of 3 or 4 across the world you know you have the same kind of products that are available the the tricky part is that when a child is young you are not talking to them you don't talk to a 3 year old you don't talk to a 2 year old right you you talk to the parent that's where the difference is that your user your consumer is someone else but your buyer is someone else so you can't fool them you can't and you don't want to i'm not saying that as a marketer you fool people but when i say fool i mean you can't be gimmicky about it you can't say things just because you want to grab attention everything that you talk about is deeply researched scientific you have to make a great proposition 
and what we say RTB reason to believe it has to be very very strong and it can't be something that you just say and expect that person to buy today when i see a lot of products or services or anything it's it's so easy to say oh aha isme aha hai aur isme ph balance wo you can't do that i mean you're not talking to to somebody who believes in fads you are talking to somebody for whom it's your child i mean just think about it if it's your own child and you have to buy something you're going to you're going to talk to thousands of people you're going to read about it you're going to do your own research and when you're talking about a world class brand and then a person is putting the trust in you you have no choice but to make sure that that trust is something which is not beguiled that is something which i really love because as a marketer i don't want to lie i don't want to say things for the sake of saying it i i want the parent to not just buy my product but to be loyal be my spokesperson be my ambassador for life and that is what you learn when a child is your core audience so even if you're not talking to them directly it's for them and it it just changes the entire narrative as the child grows older and they are buying or pestering their parents to buy something for them that's when you go out and be as gimmicky as you want like for example when you're when you're selling a toy like barbie or hot wheels you have to play to the childness in the child like what is it that's going to excite them what is it that's going to entice them and that's where your marketing the creativity comes into play but when you're talking to a parent of a young child no it's very clinical it's it's like buying when you go looking for a skin care product are you going for a clinically proven product or are you going for the glamour product it's it's as simple as that so you have to have a clinical approach when you are talking to very young children and you have to approach the the more glamorous entertainment side when you're talking to a, a preteen or a teenage child so yeah in in short that's how that's how it works it makes me wonder you spoke about how marketing to especially young kids is very very clinical do you feel that performance or digital marketing can play a role for at least this target audience see the the thing is that tell me something uh, vinny especially in this in this last one year how much of your time has gone watching television versus being somewhere connected to social media and it's not just last one year because of the pandemic it, it very slowly and steadily you see that digital is taking over all aspects of your life today it's so easy for anyone to to find information anything from what uh, sabjis to buy or why should i have lucky you know something like that i'm just saying that anything that you want to ask today your go to is google right your go to is the internet and and hence digital whether you're talking to an older child or whether you're talking to the parent of a younger kid that's where all the information lies and hence it becomes your only medium today because that's where your consumer is if there is a shift tomorrow as a marketer as a prudent marketer 
yes i will shift to where the consumer is because at the end of the day whatever that you want to talk you can't be talking to somebody if they are not present if today you are talking to me over this podcast or audio medium is because we can't meet otherwise i would have loved to meet you and you know talk to you in person so it's important to be where your consumers are it's also important today in today's world like i've been a marketer for 20 years now when i started off parents subscribe to parenting magazines today parents subscribe to online parenting websites or platforms but the key thing is that they're still looking for content earlier they were browsing through uh magazines today they are browsing through pages and pages on on the internet but what are they looking for they're looking for content they're looking for ways to answer their questions they're looking for how is you know life going to be easy for them convenient for them it's all about information so content creation becomes extremely important because yes there's a bombardment of information now there's too much information like they say but people sift through that people want to know exactly what and how to consume and if it's coming from a a, a trusted source i emphasize on trust because today the the role a brand play plays is only of trust the reason why i go to a branded content is because i trust that brand otherwise i wouldn't be going there and anything and everything today is a brand your your celebrities are a brand the reason why you would listen to dipika padukone saying that this nutritional supplement is good for you is because you probably trust her more than the nutritional supplement brand because you don't know that brand so that's why so it's it's more about trust it's more about reaching to the right audience and it's about the content that you put up Dear listeners, we'd like to take a minute to put in a word from our partner and podcast host, Hubhopper. Hubhopper Studio is India's leading podcast creation platform. You can start podcasting with Hubhopper Studio and get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music, and more. So click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. since you spoke about the pandemic also in terms of how we have consumed more content digitally as well especially over the last one year how do you think the buying patterns have also changed since the pandemic at least in your category so they have they've completely changed they have they they it's like 360 degree change so what happens in our category is vineet like i told you uh, faber castell has three main areas of business a school office and art now what happens in especially this is very true about our country is that school stationery is very i would say driven by the schools themselves so the school will tell uh, a parent that these are the things that you need to buy in the beginning of the school year whether it's notebooks whether it's geometry boxes and all the other things like if for younger child if it's crayons and poster colors or something so they have this whole list a school list that they call which they give out to parents and they buy it either from a certified store or from certified supplier there are some schools which 
give it out themselves. They make it into a kit and give it to the parents. With the schools being non-operational now for the for the last one year, that whole business has actually come to a standstill because there is no school. The school is not obliged to ask the parent to buy something specific. The parents also have a lot of supplies over last year because it's not been used. You know, when a child goes to school, they if they've gone with a box full of pencil, they probably come back with one because they've lost or it's broken or it's given to somebody. So there's there are a lot of things that happen and the continuous buying process of school stationery keeps happening. But with the child being home and the parent constantly around the child, there is no the, the school supplies are lasting for them. Because think about it, how much of a crayon are you going to use? How much of a color pencil are you going to use? You know, how much of a pencil actually, you know, how you're going to use? So those school supplies are still there. It's prevalent. You only go out to buy what is essential. So that business has dropped almost 50%. The same thing goes for office supplies. With offices being shut, how much, you know, office supplies are you going to buy? How much of a whiteboard marker are you going to use? or text liner you're going to use, whatever that you have at home. you These are not perishable items. You this, you can keep using them, you know, as long as the ink lasts. But what the 360 turn is happening is that now that everybody is home, what to do? How much of TV are you going to watch? How much of social media are you going to do? There's something that you need to keep your child occupied. There's something that you want to relax and do something. You know, you go back to your hobby and and we saw that a lot of people have turned towards art, not just because it's it was or is your hobby at some point in time. It's also very therapeutic. A lot of studies have shown that inculcating creativity in your child and not just artistic creativity, any kind of creativity in your child, it's very good for their minds developing their thought process and their imagination. And, and it helps in a lot of other aspects of life as well. And parents have seen that and, and they feel that this is something which is helping them focus better or concentrate more. They have seen that in themselves. It, it helps them to meditate. And, you know, studies have shown as, as how art helps in making you stress-free and, you know, things like that. So we saw more and more people get into art, either for themselves or for their children. And we saw a, a lot of surge in products that are art-related. So whether it's canvases or brushes or paints, or you know, poster colors or watercolors. You know, this, the, you know, these kind of product I, uh, are the ones which we saw grow exponentially. Of course, it's still a very small part of the business. It can never match the fall of what the school and office stationery has. It can never uh, compensate that. But yes, that's the shift that we've seen. More and more people getting into coloring and art and uh, a lot of normal stationary products not, not being sold that much. Very interesting, Sonali. In fact, when you mentioned about how one needs to factor for pencils or school stationery that is lost or lent and so on, I'm also thinking about when I was a kid, my mom used to cut a pencil into two with a knife and give me only a half for the day. Because she knew that I'm going to lose it or I'm going to throw it. And I only got half a pencil for every day. 
and she was very particular about it she did that with erasers she did that with pencils i remember the day i held held an entire pencil in my hand it seemed so heavy because i was so used to just <laughs> half a pencil and uh, the things sometimes mothers do i tell you but yeah i do hope that things get back to normal especially on the school and office front we spoke about the last one year in terms of covid let's take a slightly broader view and you've been a marketer for over 20 years what do you think has been the single biggest shift the biggest in your face shift is uh, the shift in the medium it's the shift in digital versus tv it's the shift in a very again i would come back to using the same word clinical versus glamour it's like today i don't believe everything and anything that goes that a brand would probably say because i i have access to to reviews and product usage and what other people have got to say about it and so you can't just get away with saying anything whereas earlier if anamita bachan came and said this is good for you you accepted it which i feel is 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 one major shift today there are influencers there are people like you and me who who are everyday people who have tried products and said i have used this it's really good and i vouch for it versus i'm a karina kapoor and i've used it and i vouch for it people know that they are being paid millions of rupees to say that whereas a, an influencer has actually used that product so that trust is is a major major shift that i have seen in marketing you just don't trust things in your face you go deep and check it out for yourself and till the time you are not yourself convinced that this is something i should go for whether it's an impulse product or not whether it's a, a low price product or or a premium product it it's for everything because at the end of the day today anything that you buy there is 20000 options available to you the the more confusion that is created the more people get deeper into it to make that correct decision so that is something that i feel is 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 a good part that has happened the the other thing that i have uh, noticed is that marketing is very much about uh, come and go it's like there is no consistency you see brands earlier and and i i i can say that because i worked with i'm, I'm rather working with a brand which is 260 years old fisher price is i think now 85 or 90 years old these brands are old and the reason why they are still existing is because they have maintained that consistency over all these years what i see today is brands come and go there are startups who are there they are not there tomorrow they have burnt money created hype and then vanished and uh, that i mean you may call me traditional in that sense maybe but i don't see that consistency i don't see that brand building you know that we call years and years of talking the same thing and driving and drilling down that that what that what that brand is all about and that's the reason why somebody would want to trust in that brand that that thing is missing now 
so these are the two things which i feel have have changed over last 15 years definitely i hear you when you talk about trust and how influencers have played so much role over the last few years and also i think content plays a great role here because people are searching for things that will make them believe or trust something and if that content is available especially through an influencer somebody who's trusted i think it completely tips it in, in the favor of that brand but you know vinita I, i feel that now even that is now getting overboard see too much of anything today every second person i know is an influencer because they have some 10000 uh, you know followers and and i mean i don't know they, again that that trust gets diluted more and more people getting into it again i don't know now which influencers to trust you you understand so too much of everything creates a lot of dilution in in that message that you want to put across we have spoken about the shifts in marketing has spoken about you as a marketer has spoken about faber castell as a legacy brand in your experience could you name some of the most impactful marketing initiatives or projects like you called it that you've come across and why i don't know if you would call these marketing initiatives so i am a firm believer in product i feel that everything starts and ends with the product and if there is no innovation there if, if that product itself is not a innovation any marketing around it is is futile for me when apple came with their ipod so i'm talking about the ipod era and i first had the ipod and i was like wow yeah they have everything they've thought of everything the only thing missing is why can't i just use this to make and receive calls and next year they had the iphone and i i loved that because it's not about it being a smartphone it's about the whole system that they made around it the entire business of apps and the whole it today it's a full economy that is running on that it's a full industry which is running on that it created a industry that was very very fascinating to me like one gadget created a full industry so for me that was the most path breaking thing that anybody could come up with the other thing that i am a big fan of and again it's a very new age thing is amazon people are talking about amazon now because people have gotten into this whole online buying in the last one and a half years but i have been an amazon fan since i don't know how many years from the time they start they were just booksellers and i was like wow i mean just selling books they're just selling books online and it's so simple right books is a commodity i mean i can buy a book on amazon or i can go to a crossword and buy a book it, but a book is a book they're not going to put some gold trimmings to a book that i'm going to get on amazon versus crossword but that's how it is and just look at what they've expanded to it's like anything and everything that i can think of today i can buy off amazon otherwise i have to go scouting to different markets looking for that one thing and and not just one you have like varieties and varieties of those things so that is amazing 
again not a marketing initiative in the true sense but product the other is netflix i first heard about netflix from my brother when i was traveling to eastern europe in 2010 i was in this village called tartu in estonia i had just reached there and i didn't i was staying in this very nice bnb hostel kind of a place it was a small palace kind of a thing i was the only person there because who visits estonia in march right i i tend to travel in obscure uh, seasons and i was just sitting in my room i had just reached and i had nothing to do and my brother called and i i was just showing him see this is where i'm staying i was very excited about this whole place and since so what are you going to do i said i don't know everything is shut you know it was 6 o'clock in the evening everything shuts by 6 so he's like uh, why don't you watch something on netflix i'm like what's that he's like what you don't know netflix you don't have netflix blah blah and he gave me his uh, username password and uh, i said okay i'll watch something on netflix and it was playing and i was just amazed i said oh wow i can watch friends and i can watch this and i can watch that you know cut to 2020 i i don't think i there's a, a single day that i have not watched i think i don't have anything else on my tv except for netflix and amazon prime and i don't know what i would have done because if i look at tv today i i don't think i can ever watch any of those con- that that kind of content so they changed i mean they were so clairvoyant i would say or maybe so long term oriented yeah these guys have thought 20 years down the line so i don't know whether we should call these guys not in times or before times or what but amazing products yeah amazing and just think today who has outdoor who uses outdoor today it's netflix that uses outdoor imagine i mean did you do you see the irony of it like netflix using hoardings that's where people are going to be watching things now it's it's not going to be anything else so these are the things that really fascinate me your work as well you know the sense i'm getting is that the product plays a very key role as part of marketing or any marketing mix for that matter and that inspiration is very evident when you spoke about apple iphone or amazon or netflix they're all product and if the product can be a function of the marketing i think that is the true success because all the other things actually fall into place one by one basis the product that you're actually building if there is no product there's nothing for you to sell we have spoken so much about the products your inspiration can you tell us that secret sauce to being a great marketer for me the secret sauce uh, has always and will always be the product when i say product i mean service product or service because anything and everything starts with your product if you have a great product anything that you do behind it in order to create that awareness or drive that message i think it becomes very very easy for example like in today's world I think when Uber came out I think it was brilliant brilliant service but it it started with the service and the thought of that service and the idea of that service and 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 then whatever that you do around it to make it bigger better you know is is a marketer's you know creativity but yeah the secret sauce is your product this show is also about leadership and management and you know I just realized we haven't spoken about that at all 
we just got so caught in all the great marketing work you have done and all the things that we have learned tell me sonali what defines your management style and what works for you my management style is very democratic i like to take my team with me to create brilliant work whether it's generating an idea or to, to executing that idea i don't i don't care much about failure i feel if you fail and i encourage that because till the time you don't try something you'll never know whether this is going to work or not i have been very fortunate in my career where i've had bosses who have let me do something that i really really am convinced of and 99% of the time when i have been convinced of something it has worked but that doesn't mean that if it doesn't work i have been pulled up for it and i i really have to thank my bosses for that and i believe in the same thing i really want my team or whoever works with me to 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 just go all out and and do that because at the end of the day nothing is written in stone what may have worked in the past may not work now because things keep changing what has not worked in the past doesn't mean it won't work now so i think until unless you don't try you never know whether you'll succeed and uh, I really like that when my when my team comes up with things I said yeah please go ahead you're convinced about it please go ahead and do it so that's something that has worked for me that's my style I'm a stickler for deadlines that is something which my team would probably hate because I feel that there are two things whether you whether you believe in 100% perfection or whether you believe in timing for me timing matters more than being 100% perfect because perfection is continuous improvement you can keep improving but if you don't do it when it is supposed to be done it loses its meaning and you can always improve or tweak once you have launched something or done something but you can't not do something because you're still waiting to make it 100% perfect and then you launch it and once you do that it may not make sense you know that it it's all about timing and and that's 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 something that i believe in strongly there's so many things that resonate with what you said sonali and when you spoke about a very democratic management style i was also going back in terms of what has worked for me and my my team and the more we do that i think we also inherently empower the team which kind of also helps them put the best foot forward in whatever they do and i think that is is something that really makes a, a good marketing team to becoming a very high performance marketing team marketing is such a human function it's part art part science and there is no end to perfection here and if we don't hit something out when it has to it will lose its impact and there is absolutely no point of doing it beyond that then absolutely you know it's been a great conversation you have spoken about so many things and now it is kind of the real talk moment or the real talk moment for all the people who are listening to the show right now what is that one piece of advice you'd want to leave them with i am not very good at giving advice but see whatever that you do you need to have fun 
I have always, like I said, wanted to work for companies or brands where I connect with on a personal level, and being passionate about it just comes naturally to me. Because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, you will never, you won't be passionate about it. And and I've been very lucky, and I always say that that I love what I do. I just love what I do, and I would never trade it for anything else. And I don't know how many people can say that. And yeah, I may not have the entrepreneurial bend of mind because I'm I'm risk averse. You always say that your hobby is something that you should make as your profession. I, I don't believe in that. Like I love traveling, but the moment I make it my profession i think i lose interest in it so i always believe in keeping the hobby and professional life separate but i enjoy my professional life i enjoy doing what i do and uh, i think that's that's something that i would want everyone who works to to probably do that thanks so much sonali have fun is the one thing that i'm taking away from this it was super fun to have this conversation with you so much inside so much for us to write home about thank you so much sonali for being on the rel talk show absolute honor so much passion i literally have goosebumps after this entire conversation that we've had thank you so much vinit and i love talking to you i felt more like i'm talking to a friend than giving a podcast this is my first by the way so yeah <laughs> like this episode of the rel talk show don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast if you think this podcast would help someone else do share your support will take us a long way in reaching more listeners you can also stay in touch by subscribing to email alerts on www.reltalk.show